0: episode of mastering love and life with with me clifton brantley i'm glad that you're checking out this episode man i think i think i think i'm gonna bless somebody in in this episode uh the way i start off ladies if there are ladies listening and you're not into sports listen just just hang in there um especially if you're the kind of woman that, you know, is trying to run your own business, trying to be your own boss lady, whatever that is. Uh, You want to pay attention because I have a powerful message that I believe will help you. If not today, just put it in your pocket for later. Right. So uh, tonight I'm talking about man, I'm, I'm, I'm really sharing. I'm really going to be transparent with you guys about, about myself, be transparent about uh something that I believe God revealed and I don't even know you know it's like I'm 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 grateful that it's been happening but I don't even know how I started I guess hearing God the way that I've been hearing him and it's been it's been obviously life-changing like when you listen to God and trust me I'm not saying this I'm not purporting to be any kind of deep whatever right Um, so anyway let me get off of that so let me get into this rookie of the year man okay (laughs) I'm excited but I I need to I need to pace myself to make sure that I get you this message okay so check this out in 1984 Right In 1984, Michael Jordan, who I believe to be the greatest player to ever play the game, okay, let's, let's settle that dispute. Uh, my son said that he was going to come on the podcast and we was going to debate Jordan and LeBron. And I'm like, we can do that, but really there is no, like it's not even a conversation. <laughs> it's not even a conversation. Anyway, uh, in 1984, Michael Jordan started his professional NBA career right? He was a a rookie in in 1984. Now, he had a phenomenal first year as a pro. A phenomenal first year. How phenomenal? He won rookie of the year. Michael Jordan in 1984 won rookie of the year. But as great as he was in his very first year he did not win an NBA championship. He, he didn't win the NBA championship in 84. He won rookie of the year, though. He had, like, you know, the best year that a rookie could have outside of winning the championship, and he, he didn't win the championship. Fast forward to, let's say, 1988. 1988, Michael Jordan competed against the best of the best. In the All-Star Game, like the NBA has an All-Star Game every year. Michael Jordan competes in the the All-Star Game, best of the best, and he won the MVP of the All-Stars. So you got stars. This is the star of stars. He won the MVP at the All-Star Game in 1988. But watch this. Also in 1988, He also won Defensive Player of the Year and Most Valuable Player of the Entire League, right? Michael Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, not Michael B. Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan dominated 1988. Dominated, like... Just four years in, this brother wins the NBA All-Star MVP by scoring 40 points. In the same year, he wins Defensive Player of the Year, right? That's playing defense. And he won Most Valuable Player of the entire league. But guess what he did not win? An NBA championship. All of that greatness, he still did not win the NBA championship. They say the NBA championship uh, means that you are, you are literally among the best of the best to ever do it, right? It's the ultimate win, it's the pinnacle. Like, as great as Michael Jordan was in 1988, he was great and hadn't, he, he did not reach the pinnacle. Michael Jordan was performing at a super high level without reaching the highest level. He was playing at the highest level, but without reaching the highest level. Here's the thing. Michael Jordan would have never won six NBA championships if in his rookie season, when he was the best in his class but didn't win a championship, he stopped shooting the ball for fear of missing a shot because he wanted to be close to perfect out the gate. Like, I know it's, I know I'm just a rookie, but I want to be so great that I don't want to miss a shot, and so until I perfect my game, I'm not going to play another game. And so we would have never... Heard he would have never won six NBA championships. So many times, so many times. See, in, in you know, in the scenario I'm talking about, that would be Michael Jordan trying to start great. So many times I've coached and counseled people, and told them that, listen, nobody, nobody, not one person, nobody starts great. Nobody and yet just a few nights ago god brought it to my attention that the reason i had not been consistently creating and putting out content is not because i don't have content it's not because i don't know anything it's not because it, it's not because of any kind of lack but the reason i had been put out putting out content this is what God brought to my attention. It is because I was worried about being perceived as not good enough, not different enough, not deep enough, not holy enough, not biblically sound enough, you know, not whatever enough. And I could con- I, I keep going, on, but, but I was worried about what people would perceive of me Because, of course, they expect me to be good out the gate, right? Um, I I had to realize in that moment when God brought this to my attention, sir, you are in your rookie year. Like, you just now became this uh, YouTube kind of, you know, You know, doing podcasts, doing YouTube, creating—you've—you've just become you're brand new. You're a brand new content creator. You're used to counseling and coaching people in private. You're new to this area of business. Yes, you have gifts, you have things to say, but you're new to this. Why are you expecting to be perfect or even better than you are? Because nobody starts off great you say that, sir. Here's the thing. Last week in the master class, um, we were talking and I taught on, I taught on pride. Here's the thing about pride. The danger of pride is that when you're walking in it, most of the times you don't know it. That is why pride comes before destruction. Why does destruction show up when you're walking in pride? Because when you're walking in pride, Pride can dress itself up to look like righteousness, so you think you're going the right way, but you're going the wrong way. Okay, so pride—I say pride—is often say that pride is like cyanide, right? And I've never handled cyanide or anything, but I watch a lot of First 48 and all those crime shows, and I know that it is a tasteless, odorless poison, and it's deathly poisonous, right? And so, uh, pride is like that you don't even know that you're walking in pride until destruction shows up so while i thought i was being humble i thought i was being careful with the the assignment god has given me i don't want to put any i just don't want to put no crap out there and i just don't want to i don't want to mislead the people and you know i don't want to teach about this they know about this little you know they know how to communicate i don't need to teach on that i did so much on communication and you know Conflict re- resolution, how much can I do on that that I ain't already said before? Like, they don't need that, right? I'm thinking that I am uh, serving people well by really, prepare- <laughs> <This is crazy. laughs> really preparing something really good for them while I'm preparing nothing because I'm stuck in my head thinking, man, what's going to really grab their attention? What's really going to make them say, man, that was good, man, that was deep? I was walking in pride and I could not see it because I was walking in pride. What's the pride? So pride is about my needs, my wants, my hurts, my desires, right? Pride is all about me. Pride is when you are the center of everything. So this was prideful thinking because the reality is I was not stalling and waiting because I was trying to serve people better. I was stalling and waiting because I was overly concerned with what people would think as if the, the assignment is about me as if I'm saying what I want to say. If I am God's mouthpiece, then why am I worried about what they think about me anyway? It ain't my words. I'm not married to them. They're not coming to my house. They're not my cousins. They're not, you know, like they're no kin to me. Why would I care what they think? Because uh, historically in my life, I've been a people pleaser over the last few years. I have, dealt with that uh, extensively, which is why now I, I can easily coach people on it, right? Uh, I I do believe that I am delivered from the disease of people-pleasing. However, I, you know, I, I can't think, I don't know, I'm not a medical kind of person, so I can't think of a disease off the top of my head or something, you know, medical where, you know, there are remnants left after it still heal. But 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 because if I had something like that, I would make an analogy I don't. But let me just say uh, every now and then, because I'm still I'm still a human being and uh, people pleasing is probably one of the oldest prideful. Might as well call it sins right out there. And so um, I believe anybody can fall into it. And I believe preachers do all the time, but that's a different topic. But um, yeah, I felt it was whether it's whether it was, you know, people pleasing residue. Or whatever, because because I know for doggone sure I have grown uh, by leaps and bounds in people pleasing. So I know it's not the stronghold, the prison that I say that you know people pleasing puts you in. But it's just interesting, I because I am shocked and surprised that God even had to reveal this to me because that's not something I wouldn't have saw that. And so here's the thing here here's here's where the blessing comes for you. What are you what are you afraid of? What what's holding you back from launching your next course or from 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 holding your next you know webinar? What's holding you back from starting your website? What's holding you back from going to school? What's holding you back from uh, doing whatever it takes to be your best self? What, what what's holding you back from starting that new book? What's the excuse that you're telling yourself? I want to challenge you to look in the mirror and check yourself for pride because um, pride is the road to destruction. And destruction shows up in a lot of ways, right? And that's not the the road you want to be on. This was so powerful to me when I saw it because um, I, I just didn't, I did not know, but, 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 and I know, I know that I'm. You know, some folk may say, "Well, you're putting your business out there, and you know, you're showing you that you're weak." No, I'm showing that I'm human, and that's another thing. I, I recorded another episode. I had, I don't think I've, no, I haven't posted it yet. But I was talking about one of the differences. The thing that we don't see today, in my opinion, with with um, people who do what I do, as far as coaching, like relationships or therapists or whatever. Uh, and and definitely with celebrities, the thing we don't see, like celebrities who are married, but and they they're posting um, marriage content. The thing we don't see is the ugly side, or the black, the back side, or the dark side of marriage. Not that we have to, but the problem is, if we don't um, truthful truthfully articulate what that side is like. We we create a social media image of marriage that's not real, right? Like you know you know you know you know a social media marriage or a social media relationship when you see, well I know one when I see one, well I guess well that's because I have an inside track, right? But you see, so people on social media they're so in love, you know, headed to Hawaii with Bay. When you and Bay uh, fought from the house to the Uber to the airport to you got off the plane took that one little snap after you took that picture y'all got back into it right but obviously that's not in the picture it's just you know out of town with Bay and so these are the kind of images we put out and yes that's great stuff for marriage but where like the stuff me and my wife go through I don't I don't see people talking about that the things that people come into my office and talk about, which are very, very, very common marriage issues. I don't hear people in the public eye talking about that. Now, you'll hear about it at a conference, right? Me and my wife to, went to the EXO conference a few weeks ago. We heard, a, well, did we? Let me think, actually. uh, A little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. We sort of heard a little bit. But my point is, rarely do you hear the truth, like both sides, and so me, the person that I am, you're gonna get both sides <laughs> you're gonna get both sides um now, I will admit, um, I don't give as much of the quote unquote dark side as I probably would like to because I have to consider that like my marriage is not just about me, it's me and my wife, right, so you know for the most part she has to approve it i say for the most part because well for the most part she has to approve it okay um but i it, when it comes to me personally there is no approval it's just it's just me you know as long as i don't embarrass my wife and i never intend to do that uh, i'm always intending to 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 be a blessing to someone or help someone so so like when i talk about my failures as a father I'm talking about that to help you not make the same mistakes. I ain't talking about it just to be, you know, just talking about my failures. What's the point of that, you know? No, I'm trying to use it as a teaching moment. When I talk about my failures in my marriage, when I talk about how I thought one thing and I was humbled by my wife or whatever the case, like I'm sharing the other side. Why am I even talking about this? Because whether or not people acknowledge a gift, a calling, a depth, whatever, if God, is ple- if, if God put it in you and he's, he's called you and he's pleased, then do you. Don't worry about what other folk are doing. And so for me, my assignment, a part of my assignment, I believe is to give both sides. But when I got caught up in pride, Unbeknownst to me, it's the reason why, like, you know, I just, I just, and, and, and here's, here's, you know, back on the topic I was on. Here's the thing that really, um, I noticed it, but I didn't put two and two together until God revealed this to me the other night. I, 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 I realized, I saw this a while back. If I do a video and it's really good, you know, and I say good by I really like it, and the people respond well to it, there's going to be some time in between the next one. In my mind, immediately I'm thinking, ooh, okay, I need to create something else. But what happens is that good thing, makes this whole the, the the pride bubble i was walking in where you know man i'm trying to create something good well that makes it worse because i just had a win and so now it's like oh now this got to be better than that all everything i just said all of that is rooted in people pleasing and what did jesus say jesus said like when he was telling the man to pray uh, we hate when you pray don't pray like the pharisees sadducees and all the religious folk who pray out loud using big words so folk can hear them. He says, when you do that, boom, you have your reward. That's the praise of men. You got it. But when you pray, go in your closet and pray pray privately, and your God who sees you in private will reward you openly. Right? That same concept is true um, over here. If, Clifton, sir, I'm talking to you. That's me talking to myself. Um, if... You are doing what you are doing for the praise and approval of men. Then one, amen, you got your reward. But what about me, says the Lord? Do do you want my blessing? Then I need you to do what I called you to do to my glory. Now, when he said that, he didn't just say me because he probably was talking to some of you at the same time. So if you hadn't, if you hadn't heard him say it, he's saying it to you now. Mm. And how do you know he's speaking to you? Because you can feel it in your stomach and in your chest. If you don't feel anything, he ain't talking to you. But if the Spirit, if you can, if if you're resonating with what I'm saying, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention for you to get up off of your hind parts and do the assignment that he's called you to do. Now, you can ignore it. Hey, I'm just the messenger. Don't make me no never mind, because I'm getting on my assignment, but I'm telling you, th- there will be consequences. And I'm not saying, you know, God, as a matter of fact, I don't know what that means. I'm just giving you what high is coming to me. There are going to be consequences for you not getting off your hind parts and walking in your assignment. Okay. So, um, I, so now, so now me putting this out, oh, let me tell you this part. Let me tell you this part. Let me tell you this part. I forgot about this. So, um, in my masterclass, in my masterclass. So in the masterclass, uh, I created a masterclass. I have couples in there. And the thing about the masterclass is this, the fact that I'm teaching these couples, um, you know, patience, humility, all the things that I'm teaching them, it automatically makes me have to be a better husband. Why? Because I'm a lot of things, but one thing I am not and never will be is a hypocrite. And so I cannot teach what I do not live. So if I'm teaching these people how to do marriage, no matter how difficult it is, especially if God says it, I have to say it. And if I'm teaching it them to live it, I have to live it, which is why my marriage has improved, because I'm doing the marriage class. So really, the marriage class keeps me becoming a better husband. Right? Why wouldn't I take that same logic? And instead of walking in fear, apply that logic to the content that I create. Like, I have so many ideas that I've come up with that never made it out to you, my audience. Really good ideas. For one, like, like for, I'll give you one. One of them is called Text Message Tuesday. On Text Message Tuesday, I was going to, on YouTube... Just take five or 10 minutes, talk about a text in scripture, encourage you, and and keep it moving. Text message Tuesday. That never came to pass. You know why? Because I was stuck in this pride bubble and I was saying, man, if I do that, uh, what if I'm not consistent? You know you're not consistent at stuff. And so you start that and then you're not going to be able to continue it and, you know, you know, you, you read the Bible, but you would have to be literally reading it every day. You want to read it every day, but you will have to read it every day so you can have content or whatever, whatever, because your last minute stuff ain't going to work, right? So anyway, that's that's. But why didn't I have the mindset of, hey, if you tell them you're going to do text message Tuesday and you start it, won't that force you to get into the Word like you already need to be, sir? okay, like you already need to be, right? Won't that force you to get into the Word? So then won't you you have to become a better man of God? Won't you have to become a better student of the Word? Won't you have to become more spiritual? Sir, listen, traps don't work if they look like traps. What am I saying? You have to be careful of the traps of the enemy. Because one thing about Satan, he is good at what he does. Now, you know, um, we can, you know, he's a lot of things. Let me tell you what, he's not. He's not inconsistent. He's not lazy. Y'all not working with me. Huh? He's not passive. Now, he makes you, or encourages, not makes, but he encourages you to be all these things, but he's not. He is persistent. He's patient. He's patient, but he ain't kind, (laughs) right? But but the Bible says that uh, we are not ignorant of his devices. That means that he can do nothing new under the sun. If you just stay in God's word, that will protect you from the wiles of the enemy. Why? Because it's all exposed. He can't do nothing new. But if you are not careful, you fall into this trap of pride. Pray that God can get a message to you, either himself or, you know, through a TV commercial, through a friend, something. Because when you are trapped in pride, it is dangerous and um. You, you, if you don't have a habit, if you don't have a habit, so I have a, I have a mirror. I have a humility mirror. That's what I'm going to call it. I just named it that right now. I got a humility mirror. I'm constantly looking in this mirror. If you don't have a mirror that you can look in and turn sideways and say, man, am I being prideful? I don't know. Am I being prideful? If you, if you don't, if you're not used to using that kind of mirror, then you really better hope and pray that uh, you can hear God when He speaks, and the reason I say you hear Him because uh the more you are engulfed in your pride, the more difficult it's going to be to hear from God and I'm not now you know, and I'm not saying that I got this message because i'm I'm walking in humility and every now and then I fall into pride, and so I was able to hear God uh that's not what I'm saying, that's not even the message I'm communicating. I'm really talking to you, kind of separate from me, but um. So just scratch that, I guess. The point is, you need to make sure that you check your pride. Pride will destroy everything that you're working for. And you know what precedes pride? And you can go back and listen to this, and you'll see it all through what I just said. What precedes pride is fear. Mm -hmm. Fear. In my case, it was the fear of man. That's what the Bible called people-pleasing, the fear of man. Overly concerned with what people go. And so here's the thing. So now let me encourage you, encourage me. I wasn't going to say this part, and I'll end with this. Uh, I'm going to encourage all of us. Be consistent in what you do. You're going to do everything that you start off doing, everything that anyone starts to do. They're going to do it the worst when they first do it. So you be consistent Stop trying to be great today. Forget, don't focus on great. Focus on helping somebody. Focus on sharing. If you consistently share, God will send the folk to you that, need to, that, that has the ear for what you have to say. Because the folk who don't have the ear for what you have to say, they're not going to listen. There's going to be 8 billion people on the planet. Just do your assignment As you've been told, as you've been called, and do it to the best of your ability and do it consistently. Don't worry about all that other stuff. And I know me, you know, I listen to, uh, and so I'm gonna call some names. And maybe some of you folk who know me, you're gonna be like, bro, why are you calling them names? As a matter of fact, (laughs) the folk who don't know me may know these names and be like, bro, why are you calling them names? Why are you putting yourself in them categories? Hey, listen. Because I know me. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Because I know me. But anyway, I watch Darius Daniels. And, uh, you know, I watch I watch um, Mike Todd every now and then, right? But uh, people like Darius Daniels and the young guy. I forgot his name. Please forgive me. Uh, young pastor, uh, black guy. Uh, I can't think of his name. I could just see his face. But anyway, I think of these guys, right? Used to think, you know, even John Gray when he was in his, in my opinion, prime, but I'm not going there. right? I think of these guys and I think about how um, I find myself comparing myself to them at times about um, what I could, where I could be or where I feel like I should be and where I'm not because of my own selfish. Like, you know, my, my point is, you know, when I hear Darius teach, I'm like, man, that is so freaking amazing. I don't say that. That's so freaking amazing. That's so wow. But then it's like, okay, I got to create something great like Darius. Darius has been doing what he's been doing consistently at a level that is so far beyond where I am. But I'm sitting at my computer. Trying to come up with something deep, like such and such. If that's you, stop, Clifton. Stop! Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Be you. There's only one you on the whole planet. Do you? Out of the seven point whatever billion people, there is one you. You know they say they say that everybody has a twin on the planet. And you know, some folk have met the twins and I've seen some, some pictures of some people that look like me, but man, that would be crazy if I met somebody that was like pretty, well, other than my son, like my son is like my twin, but like someone who's completely not related to me, but looked identical to me. That would be interesting. But, um, I forgot what I was saying, but I want you to, uh, so I'm, I'm switching lines cause I completely forgot what I was saying, but, um, I want you to take away from this message the idea of uh, doing the assignment god has called you to do right don't don't st- stop wasting and i and i publicly apologize to the people who actually do listen and get you know when i do my job my my assignment the people that are blessed i apologize for my inconsistency and it ain't just been in the last few weeks it's been over this whole honestly over the whole pandemic right but but my goal In saying this publicly, it's twofold. It's to bless you, well, threefold. To bless you, tell on myself, and to inspire, encourage myself to not let this be my reality because now I've exposed it. So I've exposed the weakness. And so now, if I'm not consistent now, you guys need to call me out, hey, he's still walking in pride because it's not a God thing. God wants me to go forward, right? So if I'm in my head, that's on me. And I have some really good stuff that I want to share. And then I got some stuff that, you know, I'm just going to talk sometimes. I'm just going to be me. Because guess what? Again, in these, that's what I'm saying in these seven point billion something, there's only one me. There's only one you. You're going to be, it's best for you to be you because can't nobody else be you. And whoever else you're being, then now they're not there and you're not there either. I heard Myron Golden say something similar to that. Uh, if you try to be somebody else, nobody's there they not there and you're not there either because you're trying to be them. Be you. Stop trying to follow the crowd. Stop trying to fit in. Like, how how are you going to fit in if you're unique? God made you unique. He, he created you unique. And that's why all of us are different. You know what's fascinating to me? That all billions of us, however many it is, literally we all have different fingerprints. I wonder, sometimes I wonder if, like, you know, people from old, old, like, you know, thousands of years ago, if their fingerprints get, uh, like, re, re, um, recycled. (laughs) I'm silly. Listen, I appreciate you guys checking me out. Uh, I really do hope that this blessed you, because, um, I, I, man, when God showed, uh, spoke this to me the other night, i was really floored i was like wow i did not see that i'm trying to be great i'm trying to get to the i'm trying to be at the pinnacle in my rookie season you just started this sir i mean whether you think you're good whether folks say you're good even if you are good rookie you're still at the beginning there's so much to learn so um Oh, this was helpful for you it was helpful for me um and i i you have my word that i'm going to do better because the assignment that god gave me is not mine it's his and i'm gonna do it with the ability that he gave me to do it and he's been blessing in some other ways to even help me out this is going to be the this is going to going to be a an amazing yes this is going to be a good year this is going to be an amazing year i felt that already before now but i can start to see it to form right i can see it form and um yeah it's gonna be great so anyway you guys take care thank you for listening and uh i'll catch you next time